Let's refine your beauty IQ with help from the most credible and relevant industry leaders and resources. We'll help uncover the answers to your most commonly asked questions, tie them up with a pretty bow, and serve them up on a silver platter. I'm Annie Thurston, board-certified aesthetics nurse injector. And I'm Jenna Irby, licensed esthetician. Welcome Welcome to to Charm Charm School. So we believe no one should feel alone or afraid after surgery or on any medical journey. And I think the way that healthcare has evolved in the U.S., it can be very isolating and very overwhelming. So Mm -hmm. we believe no one should feel alone or afraid. And I have had um, all different demographics of patients, and I've had some of the most surprising ones. Um, You know, I had a mother, she was married, had two beautiful children. She was a stay-at-home mom, and and she's like, I'm lonely. It's just like mind-blowing loneliness yeah. in, in the U.S. today. So to to help end loneliness as well. Like, you know, when we take care of a patient, um, like that's your patient for life. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a relationship. Like I text patients from two years ago. Like mm-hmm. I am always thinking of them. Um, I just wish I had more hours in the day. Like I, and uh, this is maybe a tangent, but that's how I know I'm in the right space and, and solos will always be successful because I truly love one-on-one taking care of the patients. Hey guys, what's up? Jenna and I are here today. Bajan's here. And we had the honor of hosting Miss Mallory Weiss from Solos Nursing. So Mallory is a nurse and she specializes in concierge nursing medicine. She has a background um, at the hospital, but she wanted to truly partner with patients to provide them the absolute best care possible. So we absolutely love Mallory. She has a very inspiring story. She um, is very, very driven to partner with people to end loneliness and kindness is truly her driver. Yeah. Her mission is so beautiful. And I'm just kind of blown away. Her whole energy was so inspiring and so uplifting and positive. And I'm like, can you just come to my house and I have a fever and just pet my head and take care of me? Seriously. So if you're a patient that (gasps) might be considering having surgery and you either don't have somebody to take care of you afterward, or maybe you do have somebody to take care of you afterward that you think might need some coaching and help, she can be hired and her team can be hired to help you along that uh, pathway. Um, She also can help you if you are a patient that maybe wants to have a surgical procedure done and have absolutely nobody know about it because surgical procedures are different for everybody and not all of these things are everybody's business. So if you want to partner with Mallory or someone from the Solos team, this episode is for you. Let's dive in. Hey guys, what's up? Annie here with Jenna. We've got the Bajent here and our guest of honor today is Miss Mallory Weiss and she is a nurse and also the CEO behind Concierge Medicine Extraordinaire Program, Solos Nursing. So welcome. Welcome. We're Thanks, so glad guys. to have you here So today. happy to be here. So excited. We love having all the CEOs. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> totally. So Mal, let's just dive into this. Let's tell let's you, do it. tell everybody a little bit about you, who you are, your background, what you do, and kind of how you got to where you are today. All right. So my name is Mallory. So I started Solos, um, I started it by... I was working in the ICU, working, um, and I loved working with the patients. And But one thing that really frustrated me was um, just the staffing ratios and not being able to give good care to the patients. And I would go home at night just worried about my patients and oh, knowing that they yeah. weren't getting good care. And um, I just, I knew that there was more. And I kept um, transferring to new units, different units within the hospital. And I was like, 
you know, maybe it'll be better here, but I just kept recognizing the same issues. Um, and for me, a lot of the times it was safety issues and just, um, and I was like, you know, I want to, I want to do something different. I don't, I don't want to, I, I did what I could. I went to my management and I just didn't feel like we were making any changes. So I was like, let's try to start something else. And I just, yeah. Totally. I love what, that. In the ICU, what typically is like the patient ratio to nurses? So it should be two to one or one okay. to one. Okay. Um, but also with that becomes, or comes all the acuities. So um, how sick the patient is. And sometimes maybe you have two patients, but you should only have one because your patient is so incredibly sick. Sure, sure. So, yeah. And, so and then also not taking into account like having, um, oh, nurses aides as staff as well. Like you need, you need help. You need another set of hands. Yes. And things like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you had this amazing experience in the sense where you got to learn a ton in the ICU, but on the flip side of that, you, it just wasn't a fit for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I would still be in the ICU. I love it. I love the adrenaline. I love um, all the complexity. I love being challenged with these incredibly sick patients and all the um, comorbidities. But <clears throat> I I was like, I cannot, I just don't have any respect for myself if I continue to to work in this place that I know is not, it's not right. It's, yeah. not, it's not giving yeah. good care. Yeah. 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 So you weren't able to really give your whole self to a patient the way that you felt like yes. they deserved. Yeah, now probably that's and, hard walking away every day from work and like kind of feeling like, oh, like oh, did I do enough? And, and worrying at night. Hundred percent. I just wanted to stay. Like I didn't want to leave because I like yeah, knew sweet. that there. Yeah, yeah. I knew that there wasn't going to be enough staff to to do what needed to be done. So right. Yeah. So that experience led you to solo. solo. Yeah. And I love your tagline too, Mal. So don't oh. tell us solo. Go solos. Go solos. <laughs> like how awesome is that? So kind yeah, of like what has inspired that. you to do that? So it just kind of formed slowly. Like I read, I read a book in like August of 2015 and I had planned on going back to school to be a CRNA. I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist. And mm -hmm. after reading that book, I, I just started down this entrepreneurial path, I guess. And I realized that no matter how many letters I put behind my name, no matter how many degrees I had, there still is the healthcare system in the U S is still, still has its issues. So I was like, I, I just got the idea. I was like, I'm going to start something. I didn't know what. And I just kept listening to podcasts. I kept listening to um, audiobooks. And about six months later, I heard on a podcast the idea for a concierge nursing mm. Um, mm. business. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I was literally driving to work. I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then I just did more research. I I like got a lawyer to, to research what I could do with a nursing license in the state of Arizona. Um, and six months later, then... I still remember the night sitting on my couch. I like launched the Facebook page for Solos mm -hmm. and I had palpitations. I was so worried. What's everyone going to think? And, you know, everything like it, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah your ego yeah, comes sure. into play. Um, but yeah, so it was like a year journey before I, I launched it. And when I launched it, I did not think that we would be serving the clientele we are today. Um, but that just goes to just you got to be able to pivot, um, mm -hmm. be open to new opportunities and and listen to what people are asking for and, you know, what what they want. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. I remember like the first time meeting you too, Mal, I was working um, for a facial plastic surgeon and, you know, she came into our office. She was if any entrepreneur is out there or aspiring entrepreneur is out there listening to this, I think you can really take note to what you did. She came into the office was not, it was completely fearless and maybe not on the inside, but on the outside, there was no fear at all. She was so kind. She was so welcoming. She brought us cookies, introduced herself, got to know people on an individual level at each office. 
And I can say that the patients that ended up hiring Mal on to help them post-surgery, which we'll dive into more in this episode, um, their healing was exponentially faster and better. And can you kind of speak to how patients do better when they're not alone and when they're in a happier state of mind? Because I have witnessed that with them working with you. hundred percent. You just, you said it so well right there. Um, we, we need a support system. Like we're mm-hmm. social creatures and we do better when we're with people. Like we don't do well. The, the human body doesn't do well in isolation. Like you need you need the love, the emotional support to do well. Mm-hmm. And and when you know you have people there for you, and not just nursing, like your friends, your family, neighbors, coworkers, like social, a community, yeah. You have more peace of mind, you're more relaxed, um, and you're just gonna heal better. Like, and then you can go into all the physical things as well, but um, just, it's, it's huge, it's massive, yeah. So tell us what you, what's the specific mission of Solos? Love Tell that. us about that because I love that what can too. somebody expect when they get a surgery? Like, why would they seek your service and what is your true mission? So we believe no one should feel alone or afraid after surgery or on any medical journey. And I think the way that healthcare has evolved in the U.S., it can be very isolating and sure. very overwhelming. So mm-hmm. we believe no one should feel alone or afraid. And I have had um, all different demographics of patients and I've had some of the most surprising ones, um, you know, I had a mother, she was married, had two beautiful children. She was a stay at home mom. And, and she's like, I'm lonely. I'm, it's just like mind blowing loneliness yeah. in, in the U S today. So to, to help end loneliness as well. Like, you know, when we take care of a patient, um, like that's your patient for life. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a relationship. Like I text patients from two years ago. Like mm-hmm. I am always thinking of them Um, I just wish I had more hours in the day. Like I, and uh, this is maybe a tangent, but that's how I know I'm in the right space and, and solos will always be successful because I truly love one-on-one taking care of the patients. You're so cute. You're like, she's going to make me cry over here. I was honestly thinking (laughs) now before having you on this episode, I was like, this might be the day that I cry today. I I am to you. I thought I was. I really am. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I cry when people do nice things for other people. Mm-hmm. Like when I watch things on the news. Yeah, that's just side tangent. But I always cry when people yeah. do nice things for other people. So I can't imagine how much joy that you have in your job every day. And I think that's so inspiring. I feel I feel lucky that I found my passion um, when I did. Um, Steve Jobs has a quote on that. Like, if you haven't found your passion, keep looking. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just feel so lucky that I found, like, I truly, I can say without a doubt, I love taking care of the patients, like one-on-one, like just giving them all my love and just being totally hundred percent present. Like totally. So beautiful. Yeah. I can yeah. speak to that too. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like you as well. Like, I feel like I have found my passion. Like yeah. this is what I'm yes. supposed to be doing. We're so and lucky. it's so lucky every day. I like, my heart is filled with gratitude because I know that not everybody has that. So yes, keep looking if you haven't. Yeah, keep looking seriously. Once you find your brand too, don't you find that it's just everything falls into place and it's so easy. It's like, oh, that this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And Mm -hmm. agree. Totally. Great. 100% agree. Anyways, you on a daily basis, like what is your typical team? You know, what does that look like? What do you guys, I know every day can vary, right? Depending on what type of patient that you have, but who is your typical patient or, you know, customer. So our typical patient, um, a lot of our patients, I would say the majority of our patients are post-surgical. 
Um, and a lot of the surgeries that we help them after would be plastic, cosmetic, reconstructive surgery, also orthopedic surgery, um, gynecological surgery. I would say those would be the the top. Um, you know, with orthopedic, you get a hip replaced and knee replaced. You need a lot of help after that. Um, so if somebody doesn't have you, like, what are they normally doing? Like, if after they have like a hip replacement, that's what's what kind of scary. Yeah, some, like, where are they? Yes, <laughs> yeah. they, they might go to rehab. They might. And some surgeon, some plastic surgeons have like an on-site, you know, facility that their patients can pay extra to stay at overnight. Yeah. But not everybody wants to do that. Some yeah. people want to go home, and yeah. And and um, a lot of times the recovery centers have a cap at how many, how long you yeah. can stay there. Mm-hmm. So you might only be able to stay one night after. Um, surgery and depending on the type of surgery you had, how you're recovering, like you, you need more help at home. And, and I always ask patients who's all in your support system because it's, it's a team. Like um, they might have a husband or a wife or children or friends to help them, but it's such a comfort having a nurse stop in as well. And just saying like, your incision looks great. No signs of infection. Vital signs are great. Um, you know, are you taking a stool softener? Things like that, like preventative things as well, like looking ahead. So yeah, you give them more peace of mind. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. To the to the family members too, because sometimes the family members are like, "Whoa, like what?" This is overwhelming. Yeah. I don't want to look at that bulb drain <laughs> like with blood in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yes. Some people just can't. I. Uh, some people can't even hear the word vein without freaking out. <laughs> Sorry in advance. I had to pack my husband's wound one time. He had a oh wound gosh. where I had to like pack it for like eight weeks straight every day, and, like. Thank God I was okay with that because that stuff doesn't really bother me. But that's like I could picture a, a person having a situation with that. My husband would not do well with that. <laughs> yeah, you hear me, intense. Todd. I yeah, know you, you were a me. nurse. Yeah, you, I was. You, I yeah. was for a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but normally, like when people hire you on, do, are you checking in with them daily? And like, what is like the average duration of time? Like a week, 48 hours? Like how long are you with them yeah. generally? Um, so I like to suggest a tapering schedule. And the first 48 hours are if you're going to have help after surgery. I mean, the first 48 hours are usually the hardest. Um, so we can do anywhere from like a minimum of six hours. Um, we can do a six hour drop in, or we can do 24 hours a day for multiple days in a row. So sometimes patients will book us for, um, six hours a day for the first three days after surgery. Um, and then they always have our cell phones. Like, um, they'll have a specific, like their core nurse. If it's not me, it's someone else on the team. They'll have their cell phones. You can always text. We always call text beforehand, introduce ourselves. Um, we're helping them get set up. Like what's on your shopping list before surgery. Um, so it might be, you know, six hours a day for three days in a row after surgery, or maybe they just want us there for the first 24 hours. Like just get me on a routine, get me on a schedule, get me all set up, teach my family and friends what to do. And then, if you'll come back one more time and just check in, that yeah. that's another really so common. So it seems like it's pretty customizable it to is. what they need directly. Yes, Customi- customizable to the type of surgery they have and also who's in their support system, how much help they have. Because if they don't yeah. have anyone else, some people travel from out of state, out of country, and they mm-hmm. have literally no one. So And sometimes it's, you know, working in plastic surgery, I can definitely speak to there being patients that literally want not a soul to know that they had something done. Mm. And so sometimes it's not that they're alone. It's just that they choose. (laughs) They want privacy to to go on the path alone. And so you'd still need somebody to help take care of you. And so, yeah, that that's been, I think, really huge for people. I'm glad you said that because that's actually really common. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. It's nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) Secret safe with Mallory. (laughs) Safe with me. Yes. Oh my gosh. So typically like in with your usual day with your patients, you know, what things are you usually doing with them, like taking them to and from surgery? Also, 
at home, like what kind of things can they, can you also help with? Yeah, that's very common um, to pick them up from surgery, take them home. We're going to teach them. It can be, depending on the type of surgery you had, it's really painful to get up and go to the bathroom. It's painful to get situated in bed. Um, so we'll get you, for example, let's say you had a tummy tuck. Um, we'll get you set up in bed. We'll make sure that you have your knees bent. We have pillows underneath. You're um, resting at the correct inclination. Um, we're keeping you well hydrated. And if you're very well hydrated, you're going to have to get up and use the bathroom and it's painful. It hurts. So we're going to help you ambulate, um, get up to the bathroom. We're going to keep a schedule of your medications and just keep track of when you took what um, nutrition. We're going to just be monitoring everything. Um, your garments? Is it on correctly? If you have drains, we're going to assist you with that. We're going to always be in communication. Um, if we see anything, we're going to be texting or calling the doctor's office, uh, your friends and family, if they're there, maybe they can't be there. Maybe your husband is flying in from work that day. He's getting in later that night. We're in communication with him. Um, I've done everything from pick up dogs from the <laughs> groomers. Amazing. You're just handling their life, which yeah. we yes. the assist. Need. Like yes. everybody. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes handle my life. Yep. Everything. Like, um, we do laundry, cooking, cleaning as well. Oh my well. gosh. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love Everyone it. Everyone can I hire you just to get yeah. my house normally. Seriously. Oh, I love it. Get my little feather duster and we'll just spruce this place right up. <laughs> I love amazing. it. As far as the type of, um, post-surgical procedures that you are seeing more so than not, like, what are you working with primarily? Like breast augmentations, mommy makeovers, like what is your, I guess, norm? Yeah, our typical patient. So um, a lot of times when people hear concierge nursing, they think that we would um, cater to an older clientele. But actually, our typical um, patient is like um, a middle aged woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because you mentioned when we first started that you kind of had to pivot who you're who you I, were working with because you weren't expecting that. Is that what you mean yeah, by that? I thought I was going to be more in the geriatric space, um, mm-hmm. taking older clients to appointments and being their advocate at the bedside. And that's important. We're always an advocate. I I actually had a conversation this week, like I will go to bat a thousand times if it is for the good of the patient. And that um, is also like another reason that I started solos because I I can't sleep if I know that, you know, not doing good for the patient. But um, yeah, uh, most of our patients surprisingly are middle-aged, healthy people. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of women. Um, maybe a, like a, a typical patient is a woman who has a couple kids and then um, wants her body to look how it looked before mm-hmm. she had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're there to help. And the significant other may be taking care of the children. And the first 48 hours after surgery, like it's about the patient healing. And they might stay at a hotel and we'll come stay mm-hmm. with them at the hotel, uh, for example. Yeah. 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 It's so awesome. Right? Wow. It's My amazing. mind's kind of blown right now. <laughs> and can you kind of touch on too, Mal, like why it really is important to have close monitoring after anesthesia because I think a lot of people, they think like, well, I'll tell people I'm going to have somebody stay with me, but really I'm just going to take an Uber and I'm going to go home and like why they really need that close monitoring. It's so important. I After ha- surgery. Oh my gosh. That is like such a trigger point for me. It's general anesthesia. And like one of the biggest things is you don't know how you're going to react afterwards. And I had a patient almost faint and fall. I was about to leave mm. and we couldn't leave her by herself. And, and the doctor had approved her to be by herself. And I was like, this is not, it's not safe. Mm-hmm. So just, you don't know how you're going to metabolize the anesthesia and, um, you, you need someone there with you for number one, the fall risk, like, mm-hmm. um, and then what if, 
at any other like general surgical complication, what if you started to bleed? What if you formed a hematoma? Um, what if you spiked a fever and you all of a sudden infection. have an acute affection? Mm-hmm. Um, what if your blood pressure drops? What if you're vomiting and uh, I'm just going to go, go off on a tangent, but um, you're vomiting and, a, and an incision breaks open or something yeah, or, totally. or, you, or your binder comes off and you can't get your binder back on. Like you, you have to have someone with you. And, and I always say to patients, like, it doesn't have to be a nurse, but you definitely need someone there with you. Yes. You cannot be alone the first um, the first night slash 24 hours. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Do you ever have moms that have had a child and then with their second delivery had a C-section and they need help in that scenario too? Do you ever help with like post-delivery? Would love to. Um, we have not had a patient in that um, realm yet, but that is like, I we have a lot of... Um, nurses who have had children. Uh, we actually have a labor and delivery nurse on the team as well. So totally. That sounds like I would want that if I were oh, seriously. a new I'm, mom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody needs that. So Mal, what do you think is the best way for people to prep for surgery? Like what things do you think people should have on hand to be prepared to have things to take care of themselves afterward? Always lots of pillows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want you to be most of the time, like nine times out of 10, sleeping elevated. Um, hydration is huge. So lots of fluids on hand. Um, your support system, like I can't, I know I keep harping on it, but like who's going to help you and who's going to help if you have other dependents, whether it's a four-legged dependent or children or your significant other, like who is going to be taking care of them so that you can focus on healing yourself as mm-hmm. well? Is there any like specific foods or supplements or anything like that that you think are helpful? I think um, the more research I, I like podcasts I listen to, just the whole food diet, um, greens, like we're, I think as a nation, as a whole, we're eating too many processed foods mm-hmm. and processed food is incredibly inflammatory. So, you know, like the green juices, I know that not always the tastiest, but it's incredibly healing, like fresh fruits and Nutrient vegetables. Nutrient-dense food yes. that have healing Thank components. You. Yeah. Nutrient-dense food. Yeah. And things that this is like, you know, a little embarrassing maybe for people, but after surgery, anesthesia can you make you constipated. Make it very constipated and difficult yeah. to go to the bathroom. So is there things you like for them to have on hand yeah. to make sure that that process is stool softener. to be you know, smooth? S- stool softener. Start it right away. Start juice. It the, yep. Mm-hmm. Lots of Prune water. Juice. Yep. Miralax maybe. Totally. Yep. Have it on hand. As far as some of these cosmetic procedures, I mean, if you're with them for 48 hours at minimum, you say, um, in general, like for a breast augmentation or for a tummy tuck, like how long until like that person starts to feel quote normal again in your experience? Do you feel like after like a breast augmentation, people are feeling good in like a week, two weeks? Definitely a week. Oh, yeah. If, if it's a straightforward, um, you're still going to be sore, but um, also um, what will help determine how back to normal, quote unquote, you feel is the amount of um, painkillers slash muscle relaxers you're taking after surgery, because that I mean, you're in pain. So, yes, absolutely. You need to take mm-hmm. pain, have your pain controlled. Um, but that takes a little bit for your body to metabolize and get out of your system as well. So depending on that, um, everyone and then it's just dependent on everyone. You know, everyone heals differently. But I would say if it's just a straightforward um routine and what is even routine anymore, but right. uh, <laughs> uh, a, a breast augmentation, definitely by a week, you're feeling 
I mean, you still are cautious, but you're feeling pretty much back to yourself. Pretty much back yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And what about like a mommy makeover? I know that that can be can really vary, right? Because it's that like, are you like doing craze right now? And I, I don't can know if it's tell social media or how... what it is, but I just see these mommy makeovers all the time where and they're doing all the things. People in do one it. Story. People do it all the time. I yeah. was. I'm honestly with my patient intake paperwork. Like, I'm so surprised at the number of people that have a mommy makeover and you might not ever know it. And I haven't had kids yet, but hell, I would be fine to have <laughs> a mommy makeover, makeover when I was yeah. done. But um, what all can that entail? It's like breast augmentation. It could be tummy tuck. It could be yep. butt lift. Butt uh, included. Mm -hmm. could, could definitely include the butt. Um, typically, it's like a breast lift slash breast augmentation and then the tummy tuck as well. So abdominal plasty where they're um, removing loose skin slash tightening your abdominal muscles mm -hmm. may be included as well. So with that, it's the abdomen that, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the hardest one, yeah, right? That's what everybody says. That's, that. that's your core. So you use yeah. that all the time. And I mean, you definitely have to give yourself two to four weeks before you are planning anything big, any trips, or you can't lift anything because you just, you don't want to compromise all the beautiful work that your surgeon just did. Totally. Um, you know, and all the, all the stitches and, mm -hmm. and everything down there. So yeah, got to protect that. Ooh, <laughs> I want a mommy makeover. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> right. Who doesn't? So you mentioned before that, you know, you were working in the ICU and yeah. you transitioned into an entrepreneur. So, you know, now do you always consider yourself a nurse above and beyond an entrepreneur? Is that yes. like a side thing to you? And that's kind of how you look at it? Always foremost a nurse. Yeah. And and that's what brings me joy. And that's like my North Star and my guiding light. Like you mm -hmm. got to have that. And then the entrepreneurship just kind of unfolded naturally, mm -hmm. you know, like it's a whole separate business, right? Yeah. yeah. Now you're a nurse, but now you're also a boss lady. And it's like, <laughs> it can be overwhelming, I'm sure. And it sounds like you also manage a team, correct? Yes. So let's talk about that. So who is your team? How did you find these amazing nurses? And how do you envision um, you guys moving forward? Oh, my gosh. They found me like it, I have like a, a such an interesting, unique story to how every single one of us got connected. One of them saw a magazine article about solos. One of them was a referral from um, someone that worked in a plastic surgeon's office. She's like, you guys should connect. Another one found us on next door. Mm. Um and then just, I just, I, I believe in like the universe and energy and just like being very calm and quiet and the universe will point you like where you need to go. So I just like, was like, okay, I'm going to just meet with these people and then um, just met with them and then trusted my gut and yeah. it, it hasn't failed yet. You're so. speaking to the choir on that because we <laughs> yeah. are very big believers on the universe and yeah. trusting your gut. Yeah, mm -hmm. Your gut is never wrong. Right. Yeah, never yeah. wrong. It's always right. Yeah. Yeah. So how many, is it all female nurses? Do you have any male nurses on your squad? No male nurses yet, um, but it's all females. So um, we have three nurses in the California branch, four nurses here in Arizona. We have three nursing student interns, which I'm so excited about. Um, two of them are going to graduate in May. And then we just brought in another new one. Um, and they're like the youth, like they just, uh, they have the energy and they're just so excited and they bring so much value mm -hmm. and, and they're so eager to shadow the current nurses. And like, mm -hmm. it's just such a win-win. Like everyone is learning from everyone. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. As being a boss lady now, what's been your biggest challenge? Would you say my biggest challenge? I was thinking of this this morning is, um, when I worked in the hospital, a lot of times I didn't feel respected or appreciated. 
And I never want anyone on the team to feel like that. So mm-hmm. that is huge. Yes. I just, I appreciate them. I feel so grateful and lucky for all the love and all the time that they put in to the patients. Um, and so I just always want them to feel loved, respected, trusted. And then I want them to feel challenged and like they're doing meaningful work fulfilled, too. Yeah, yeah. Fulfilled. That, so yep. that, that every day, that's always in the back of my mind. And I always, in the communication with them, that, that to me could be a whole day, eight hours worth of work, just communicating yeah. Yeah. with the team and then with patients. I love that. Yeah. What do you, do you like guys like to do any like team building type things? Do you try to have a goal to do a certain amount of those things to keep your team really strong and connected? Like on yeah. a quarterly basis or what do you guys yeah. do? Um, so that is actually one of my goals for 2020 is making more clear goals for that. But we have group text messages. We meet for um, breakfast, lunch, dinner. We have team meetings and then also team calls and team emails and just well, I found it's better to keep up than to catch up. So just little, little texts all the time, mm-hmm. like little touches, like always thinking of you. How are you? You know, that's, I think the key. I love She's that. a caregiver yeah. through and through. Oh, <laughs> yes. you're so sweet. <laughs> so do you mind answering some questions about like procedures that you may have had? Or can we go into like, ask sure. like, what's like, what's your favorite facial service to get? Have you had any facial services yes. or, okay. Tell us. About yes. That. Um, one of my favorites is micro needling with <gasps> yes, PRP. Totally yes. love. I think I was just, and I, people ask me about it and I always want to try to explain it. I think it's corrective and preventative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Would, yes. Okay. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like you can correct so many things and then it prevents and it's just like, it's also just gives you that glow. Yes. Um, I love that. And I love, I love me a little Botox brow lift. Heck yes. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> lift uh, my face. Yes. <laughs> totally. Those, those would be my two top faves for sure. If you were getting ready for like a big event and you wanted to feel super fabulous, what things would you do to prep for an event? Like so spray tan, blow out, like what makes you feel mm. fabulous? Um, if I knew how to time, I would definitely do microneedling with PRP. Mm-hmm. I also like PRP when it's injected, like injected yes. under your eyes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you can inject it anywhere like that you would put filler. Correct? Totally. You can. Yeah. Yeah. It really helps to kind of um, stimulate your own collagen process. And so there is an instantaneous volume that's there that does, you know, go down. However, it does help strengthen your skin in the long run and mm-hmm. stimulate that collagen. Yeah. So anywhere that you might have some thinning or crepiness, or you just want a little bit of a such glow a good, up. It's such great. a good graceful aging service. Oh, so even if you sure. don't see like it's immediate natural. like results, which you normally do, but like look at it from like the big picture. It's totally. like, it's going to help you age so much slower, Slow which we all want. steady wins yes. the race. Yes. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love IPL too and peels. Oh yeah. Yes. So I would like a peel if you can do that before an event. Ooh, Ooh you just yeah. glow. Mm-hmm. Like we're yeah. obsessed we love peels, peels around, around here. here. Love peels. <laughs> yes. Peels, peels, peels. But you also, you live in Arizona and California. So I, last year I was living in Arizona and California. And at the beginning of 2020, I lived just in California now. Okay. Yeah. And how yeah. are you liking it? I love it. Love it. Yeah. Bay yeah. area. The Bay area. And that's your second now like location for solo. So Correct. you started here and now you're in the Bay area yep. too. Yep. And are you thinking anywhere else? Or are you thinking those are your two hubs and you're good with that? I, there's so much opportunity and so much untapped um, potential in the Bay area. Like I really want to focus on that. And then here we have a great core base here. Um, and, and Scottsdale and Phoenix, like terrific mar- market. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I, I'm still discovering new things. And I lived here from 2014 until 2019, like was here for five years, like is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely focusing on these two for now, because there's just so much potential. 
and in these two areas. Yeah. And you don't want to grow too big too fast because that can kind of hinder the growth. (laughs) Correct. Yes. I would agree with that. If you could tell a patient or a a prospective surgery patient um, anything, just like a tip, a trick, just if you want the audience to know something about post-surgery, what would it be? Don't take it seriously. Like just because it may be an elective surgery, don't write it off. Um, and sometimes I, I think surgeons don't want to scare patients and I don't think anyone should be scared, but take it seriously. Like you know, with your prep and with your post-care, um, you're going to invest a huge amount of money and time into having this surgery. Um, you know, do your homework on the surgeon and then make sure you have help afterwards. Like I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. And utilize when people say they want to help you, like just have them do little things, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends and your family. And then, I I mean, I may be biased, but have a nurse stop by at least the first day or two, Mm -hmm. like just to check because it will give your family members so much peace of mind. For sure. And I think like listening to your body and like you said, like don't overdo it because I think people think, well, I'm healthy and this was elective. And so I am going to go back and run on the treadmill in a week, even though I'm not supposed to be doing that. Like there's reasons people tell you not to do things. Yeah. And I think like to really try to be mindful and respectful of that. And your body will heal a lot faster. Yes. For doing that. Rest more at the beginning. Don't go back too soon because you're going to put yourself backwards. Totally. Yeah. Um, if somebody wanted to work with you or your team, Malik, what's the best way for them? Like what's the application process and, you know, the cost that may be associated with that as well. Yeah. So the best way would be to go to our website, www.solosnurse.com, S-O-L-O-S nurse.com. And we have our, um, our phone number on there. So you can call that phone number and it will roll over. It's going to go to one of the nurses on the team. You're always going to talk to a nurse, which was what one of the things I love about Solos. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to talk to a nurse right away. Um, also, we have our contact form on there. So you could email through the contact form and get info. And then we can set up, we can email you back and set up a phone call that way if you don't want to call right away. Um, and with the cost, so we do do the um, six hour minimum during the day. And that starts at $750 for every six hours during the day to have a nurse with you. So that's awesome. Yeah. And this is all private pay, correct? It is correct. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yeah. I'm like, I know people will be wondering about that. Yep. Do you foresee that potentially ever being able to have a shift where insurance would cover something like I do, this? I do think it, um, yes, in the future, uh, for to get the business off the ground, I knew that insurance was going to be just too cumbersome and Mm -hmm. it would have um, really hampered us from getting started. But I I do think, yes, essentially. Yeah, for sure. I think as people are moving to towards more preventative type of things and thinking and healing and being proactive instead Mm -hmm. of reactive, hopefully in the long run, insurance companies will start to see that and think, okay, this may actually cost us less in the long run. Yep. to treat them ahead of time as opposed to treating them after something's already gone wrong. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. It. Cool. Should we do some rapid fires? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> What's your uh, drink of choice normally? Ooh, um, probably is this like, okay, well, I love bulletproof coffee. Oh yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Love coffee. Um, do you put like a half a stick of butter in that thing? Not it's quite tea. that much. It's but- tea. <laughs> But yeah. it's so yummy. I love it. I love coffee. Um, if I were to have an uh, a drink after 5 p.m., I <laughs> I love red wine. I also mm. love just a basic uh, 
like a vodka tonic or vodka soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yum. Are I you love- uh, venturing up to Napa very much being in the Bay Area? Because I would do that all the time. <laughs> I have been. It's yes. Amazing. A couple of times. Yes. Yes. Nice. Cool. Nice. Um, so kind of to speak to some various procedures in the rapid fire. Have you, because I recently heard a statistic, I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, but I did recently hear that uh, butt augmentations have surpassed breast implants. Oh, wow. Can you speak to that at all? Like, is that something that's really on the rise? I don't know the exact statistics on that, but I will say that it is incredibly um, popular, you know, definitely yeah. um, with the uh, celebrities, um, and the artists, the artist world. Like, are you seeing it? Yeah, are you seeing like, a lot of in, booties? In What's happening? Yeah. And how do those people heal? Do you have to be on your stomach? Like somebody do something to my butt because I'm all about the booty right now. Serious. Like, how do I make it bigger? <laughs> we got to do well. squats. <laughs> I know a guy. Uh, <laughs> um, so we were seeing more BBLs, Brazilian butt lifts last year. Lately, mm. I haven't seen as many BBLs. Mm. I don't know if the, if the trend is um, swinging back. Yeah, if it's peaked and now coming down. I think it will. I don't think it's going anywhere. But um, I part of me thinks it may have peaked. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, but um, in regards to more BBLs than breast dogs, uh, I would say the same. The same, but not more. Okay. Like equal, but not more. Yeah. And have you, if you've taken care of any of them, do they have to be laying on their stomach for a certain amount of time? Or like, how does that work? How do you go to We're the bathroom? We're very interested. I'm confused. Well, I'm very like, wow. How, do you, how does this happen? The So the surgeon that does the most of them that we work with has them lay on their back. And then just stay very well hydrated. Get up. Um, You may shift from hip to hip. So we might put a pillow under. But um, nobody has and had multiple surgeons who who perform them. And there's maybe one who suggested that you try to lay on your stomach, but like that patient, for example, she had the Brazilian butt lift and she also had her breasts done. So she couldn't lay on her breasts. So she couldn't yeah. lay on her stomach. So, yeah. um, typically you lay on your back. Yeah. Knees bent, um, elevated, and you may lay on a, a special pillow to help offset the pressure. Um, and then just like we want you up and moving like lots of fluids. I can't stress that enough. Like staying well totally. hydrated. Yeah. So. I have a feeling you're a healthy eater. I'm just going to go on with that one. But if you were to have a cheat meal, what would you cheat with? Oh, okay. So I have a gluten sensitivity. I'm not gluten. Same girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so pizza. Mm-hmm. But yeah. give me all the gluten pasta. Totally. I, I love it so much. Me too. Why me does too. that have to be terrible for I'm, some people? I agree. Yeah. So I'd give me all the gluten. All, all the, bread. the bread. The bread. All yes. the bread. Yep. Give Even like too. a Jimmy John's. I actually Funny. tried that oh. bad, but like, damn, it makes my body I used to have Jimmy Jones all the time. It's so Subway. good. Yeah. I know. I tried doing no bread February and I did a little bit. <laughs> I, I did. Term you made up. <laughs> I did. I did no bread February, but then you brought wildflower in that one day and I just ate the loaf of bread because I was like <laughs> depleting like, myself. Yes. And I'm like, just give me some bread. Some bread. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on. I'm with you on the bread. Yes. So I know that you said you love to listen to podcasts. What, which ones like inspire you and what do you love to listen to? So what I'm, what I've been doing lately or listening to a lot lately, um, I'm listening to an, um, a book on tape or audible book right now. It's called headstrong by Dave Asprey. And that just is to get your brain functioning at the highest, um, at its highest level, like to be sharp and like Hmm. try to eliminate brain fog. And then my other thing that I've been really on a kick lately, um, our YouTube videos and Evan Carmichael, he does these 
10 top 10 rules from these successful people. So maybe Oprah's top 10 rules for success or Warren Buffett or, you know, just like successful people. And he will view hours of content on them and then do clips of like these little tidbits. Um, I love that. Yeah. I've, I've really been into, um, watching his YouTube and listening to his YouTube channel lately. So those are my, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Any more? I'm, I'm a good girl. I'm, I'm, my mind is kind of blown. I like want you to live with me. I know. Just move in, <laughs> Mallory. Yeah. You want a roomie? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Oh I think God. what you're bringing to the table and your mission is so beautiful. And anybody that seeks your services would be so lucky to have you. Seriously, Thank I you. love that your uh, mission is so kindness driven. That's something that's really inspiring to me. And just keep doing the good work because the universe needs it. And we just love you. We're so yeah. glad you're here. Thank you guys so much. And one much. more time, what was your website? Solosnurse.com. And S- plug oh. your uh, your Instagram too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's Solosnurse as well. So it's solo with an extra S. Solosnurse.com. Cool. And my Insta. Yeah. Thank uh, you guys so much. The gratitude is all mine. Like this just top notch. Like I, my heart is full. I'm yay. so happy to be here. Thank Thanks. you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right. Yes. Cool. Well, cheers guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into that last episode. Make sure to stay connected with us. Go to wherever you download your favorite podcast to subscribe to Charm School and be the first to know when our newest episode is released. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Charm School Podcast. In addition, you can check out our personal Instagram accounts at Nurse Annabelle and at Esthetician Jenna. Also peep our blog at charmschoolpodcast.com. Hashtag welcome Welcome to to Charm School. School.